Hello Android developers, my name is Mohsen and as a new category in this YouTube channel, I'm going to talk with some Android community active members. The interview orientation is toward knowing their lifestyle and how they think about different parts of the Android APIs and also encouraging junior Android developers who like to join this community and start developing Android apps. Hope you enjoyed this new category and do not forget to subscribe and hit the bell button to get notified when there is a new video. Let's start. Hello, everybody. Come on in. Grab a seat. Get cozy. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> this is weird. This is too much power for me, this microphone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So today I'm here with Ben Cuddle. I'm super excited that he accepted my interview request. and. I knew him from Twitter and then he started his YouTube channel some time ago and now his YouTube channel is being seen by 3K or even more. Yeah. 3K so, at the moment. It's crazy. Yeah. Cool. So Ben, you can you can introduce yourself and give us some some idea. Who are you? Oh well, hello. First of all, Masan, thank you so much for having me on this on this uh, video series. I'm very honored, especially to be number one. That means a lot to me. Thank <laughs> you so much for that. Um, but yeah, so uh, my name is Ben Cadell. I'm a senior Android developer at a company called Babel in Berlin. Mm -hmm. uh, we make a language learning app, and essentially, my day to day job is Android development coding. That's that's me in a in a very brief nutshell. Cool. So uh, I have different type of questions. Some some broke into different categories, and I I wrote some of them by myself. And I also opened the Reddit thread. Uh, and some some developers also came there and uh, dropped some questions. So we will go through and let's see how it goes. Sounds good. <laughs> the first category is lifestyle, and uh, you already introduced yourself and you mentioned where you're based, but. We like to know what are your hobbies after work and when you're not working. Oh, that's a really good question. So yeah, um, immediately I'll preface this answer by saying that although <laughs> although I seem like quite an outspoken person, I have very very nerdy hobbits, uh, hobbits, mm. hobbies, hobbies. Um, <laughs> so I really like um, board games. I play mm. and collect board games. For some reason, I own over 100 now which is really silly and wow. expensive but but that's me um i play dungeons and dragons um i play uh, i do like doing some sport as well so i play ultimate frisbee um and i go bouldering so that's like um sort of short climbing without ropes and stuff it's like technical hand placement and, and strength and stuff so that's that's sort of my hobbies after work i do like to do a little bit of like coding outside of work but i think as i've got a bit older like i'm i'm 30 now um, as I've got older, I've sort of appreciated time away from a computer, I think. Mm -hmm. um, although I love, you know, what I do for a job, it's nice to have that sort of like separation. Cool, cool. That's interesting. So the next question is, uh, tell us a fun fact about yourself. Oh, fun fact. Okay. The first one that just sort of pops to mind. Um, I used to work as a circus specialist in wow. an american summer camp for kids like a, they call it a sleepaway camp so the kids come for eight weeks and we work as like camp counselors uh, and i used to work as a circus specialist teaching kids how to juggle walk on stilts mm. diablo wow. all sorts of crazy circus stuff um and i did that for three 
three years in a row. So each summer I would fly off to America, work and then fly back. Um, and it was amazing. One of the best times, times multiple of my life. Really cool. Yeah. Now, now I know where all the fun comes into your video. So you're always <laughs> juggling, jumping around and that's, that's super cool. You, you know, I, I really like energy. energy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I you love so your energy. Yeah. That is very, very kind. Yeah. I think it, I think it worked well at camp, like, especially like, I don't know why, like I used to be a teacher as well. I, mm -hmm. I really enjoy engaging uh, with like folks that have a young energy, you know, like young, mm -hmm. young folks as well, teaching them something new, helping them sort of grow and understand the world. And I think I sort of get a lot of energy from that as well. Uh, and I've mm -hmm. sort of managed to steal away a big bucket of energy that I use most mm -hmm. days, cool. I guess. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's a lovely compliment. <laughs> Ed, let's get, let's, let's go over to the, to the screen. <laughs> We read it. Oh no, I got to wait. I had something ready. Let's go. Hey, Haley, I think you're the. I made a hat. We made it. 3K, baby. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what was your latest non-technical book you read? Ooh, non-technical. Okay, so the Androids by Chet Haas doesn't count because that's a technical book. So the non-technical book, I'd say, um, you know, Barack Obama's recent um, autobiography, I think it's called The Promised Land or something. I yeah. can't remember the title yeah, of it, but yeah. I've read that. I'm, I don't think I've finished it, so I'm probably mm -hmm. lying a little bit there, but I've read a chunk of it and it's a really insightful and really cool book to read. Uh, have you read it as well? Uh, I I saw some YouTube uh, interview with Barack Obama about this book, and uh, I found it interesting. But to be honest, I, I usually don't read that much non-technical books. Do you also do Android development in your free time? So to to have some fun and and you know doing some maybe your personal app or something like this. Um. So the short answer is not too much i have been doing more and more as i've as i've been getting sort of more senior but most of my projects that i do like android wise are sort of like playground projects you know sort of mess around spaces you'll just create an app to like you know the most recent one i was messing around with like the compose canvas and stuff just making different mm -hmm. like things there i do have one um like project that i'm working on at the moment for you know for fun uh, which is like an app basically for a friend and his mates like a like a it's a it's so it's so like standard it's like a group to do app list thing basically so it's like really simple but it's nice to sort of play around and i guess that's my coding for fun um i guess that is my answer for like the android side of things i do a lot of like um coding for fun different things so like um a lot of um, node.js and javascript and stuff um because i think it's really cool to be able to like spin up something yeah. then you can stick on a web server and other people can access it immediately so uh, i'm currently working on um i'm currently working on you know one of those like io games it doesn't look like anything yet and i've got no progress on it but it's basically a a web server that uses like socket io so different clients can connect with a you know socket connection and you can create like little games and stuff so me and my friends play a lot of these like io games online yeah. and i thought huh well, why don't i create one of those um so yeah i'm just sort of that's my my current fun project i suppose <laughs> that, that's that sounds interesting i like to see it cool mm. when it's um 
when it's done i'll i'll make sure to send out like a github link or something because i don't intend for it yeah. to be like private but uh yeah it's not going to be very clean code because i'm not a javascript developer <laughs> in any sense of the word so <laughs> <laughs> as long as it works that's fine yeah as long as it works absolutely yeah. amen yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool and uh after a long day working how do you reduce your pressure and stress do you have any any solution like going to a dark room i don't know playing video <laughs> games <laughs> Okay. Listening to some music. I was going to say, just go into a dark room, shut the door, and just sit still for like an hour. <laughs> that's that's my style. Um, <laughs> honestly, off the top of my head, I don't really know. Um, I do play a lot of like Xbox and stuff, uh, mm -hmm. and me and my girlfriend watch a extraordinary amount of like Netflix garbage. So I suppose that's how we unwind. We like to cook together as well, so that's a really cool mm -hmm. way of like just unwinding. But yeah, um, I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, I think it's mostly just sort of like get away from this desk and go through that door and do something else in there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's usually, I guess I don't, maybe maybe it's not a very good answer, but I guess I don't have too much stress in my life, touch, you know, touch all okay. the wood, because uh, watch tomorrow <laughs> will be the most stressful day. There's ups and downs, but I think overall it's pretty, it's pretty chill. So I'm not, I haven't got sort of this, this need for, you know, de-stress, but yeah, that'd be my answer. <laughs> Sorry, it's a long one. <laughs> no, that's okay. Dragged out. I hope tomorrow Bubble doesn't say that we want to refactor the whole code and we want to release yeah. it next day. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> hey, Babel, if you're watching this, I have plenty of work. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you normally listen to music when you want to focus on on a task? And if yes, then what genre or playlist or special artist or even a special song repeating all the time? Mm, okay this is this is really weird because i literally had this moment today like i was i was like right code time before i even coded i opened up spotify and i was like mm -hmm. go and then i was like right um yeah so actually i have <laughs> this is really it's quite interesting i have uh, my main genre when i'm trying to work and like really focus on generating ideas for the code it'll be something without lyrics like chill step for example is my main sort of go-to something it has to have no lyrics because otherwise i'll get distracted but if it's something where it's a monotonous task and i don't need to really engage my mind it's just some sort of i don't know bad example but like find and replace across a bunch of files it'll take me a couple of minutes then it'll be then it's whatever and um you know my favorite my favorite artist is, is a band called coheed and cambria which is um they do like prog rock and metal rock and stuff. And I just, I adore them and I can always put them on. At the moment, I'm listening to um, this great, this insanely brilliant artist called Mark Rebley, Revier. Mm -hmm. He basically, um, he has like a DJ deck um, and he basically just creates the music on the spot. He has like a mm -hmm. synthesizer, mm -hmm. a looper. So he'll make like a hit like mm -hmm. loop and it'll do that. And then he'll yeah. sing on top and it's, oh, it's, that's really cool. But yeah, there's, there's like two camps. If I need to really think, then no no lyrics chill step if not then it's just enjoy and go just get you know this sort of vibe as i'm going you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I almost do the same but even if the there's a lyrics song then i should know that lyrics because i don't want to focus on lyrics and it should be already in back of my head because okay do you would, not find yeah. that if you know the lyrics it's it's somehow like worse because you're sort of like oh uh, da, da, and sort of singing along in your head um I think I don't care because that part that part of my head that singing is not coding, so that's fine. Okay, that's <laughs> can, cool. That's I cool. can survive, I think. Oh, that's ace. I wish I had that. I wish I had that part of your brain. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
By the way, you can share your Spotify links and artists and anything I will put in the video description. So anyone who is interested can go and, and listen and see. Awesome. Yeah. And listen to. Definitely we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for cool. some weird music, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in general, how did COVID and pandemic and lockdown hit you and the way you're working? And do you like it this way that you are forced to work remotely? And are you fine going back to office? So three questions. Mm, it's, uh, yes, yeah, definitely different, but that's like, that's the obvious part of the answer. Um, overall, I got to be honest, I would much prefer to be in the office. I don't know. I don't know why. I think, um, I, I think I struggle a lot just being on my own, literally in these, these four walls. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think I, I think I draw a lot of energy from other people being around me, even if there's someone just, you know, on the de desk next to me, they're not talking to me. They're busy. I feel like I'm sort of like, I don't know. I get like, it's like a, there's, I don't know what it's, it's a weird answer, but like I get some energy from just being near people, mm -hmm. I think. So for me, this is very difficult. I guess I've learned to adapt. Um, mm -hmm. And I had, back when it all started, I actually worked at my old job. I worked at a company in England and lived in England as well. Um, and then the pandemic hit um, and, you know, personal circumstances, me and my girlfriend uh, had a long distance relationship then. And mm -hmm. after three months of not being able to see each other, I was like, you know, F this, F this, I'm out. And I just left England um, and then started to look for look, look for work in Germany. And it's it's worked out mm -hmm. well for me, luckily. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely different. I really don't enjoy working from home. I mean, there's some days that I do rolling out of bed and then five minutes later being at a desk looking like completely disheveled, <laughs> like, oh, morning, everyone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I'll be excited for when it's like, all green light go back to the office everyone but i don't think that's ever going to happen again i guess uh, yeah let's see let's see how it goes yeah what, what about you do you do you prefer working from home or not uh for me a good thing happened so last year uh, my son got burned and and then oh yeah congratulations uh, thank you and and the whole COVID time, I was seeing his growing step by step so and it's super nice uh, when i'm I can answer the other question that was about how to reduce the pressure. So when I'm tired, I just go and open the door and see him and that's it. I'm, I'm totally fresh. And Aww. we got used to each other. I don't know how it works if someone says, okay, you have to go back to office. But at least up to this point, our company is not asking it. And they said, you they may change it from work from home to work from office solution. So instead of one day, one day working from home, we may have one day working from office and that's it. Okay. But th that's a new normal. That's what I usually say. So even the big companies are thinking about uh, not going back and, and broaden their, their employees from everywhere in the world because then the only time zone is matter and that's it. So absolutely. Yeah, you're right. New normal. That's a, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a really good way of thinking yeah. it. Have you got yeah. any, uh, like, it's really cool that you've got like a, a son and a, a, you, you know, uh, you've just had a kid in, in COVID. Have you got any like sort of wisdoms from that? Like any experiences that you think are like important to, to share to other parents and stuff? The, the only comment is that all your priorities changes. So at some point you're thinking about yourself, your wife, how you, how you improve stuff. I don't know how to buy a better TV, for example, or how you go to a better apartment with a bigger square meter. But when the kid comes in, then all your priorities switch to, to your kid and how to provide enough uh, everything to the kid, enough love, enough money, enough uh, time. So 
that's 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 my only comment and it's, it's super mm. nice i like it that's cool no well congratulations that that Thank must you. be awesome that's Thank very you so cool. much the next question comes from Reddit. Uh, I had to change it because I don't want to directly ask you how much you make regarding salary, but uh, you can answer. But there was a trend on Twitter that some pro Android developer also jumped in and shared their salary. I want to change it this way that do you believe as a professional Android developer, do you make a good money in compared to other software engineers? And do you encourage junior developers to, to do Android? That's really interesting. Okay, so yeah, salary-wise, yeah, I would say um, for an Android, honestly, I think I do make uh, quite a healthy sum as a, as a software developer person. Um, I'm quite aware, or I, be, I think I'm aware that there is a big like gap, and that you know, there's a lot of Android roles available. From what I've seen or experienced, there's always like people looking for native Android developers. Mm -hmm. um, and now that's definitely starting to change a little bit. I keep seeing Flutter as well in job titles and stuff like that. So, but any anyone that can like manipulate an Android device in particular, um, I think there's a big gap in the market, and you should get paid well. You should get good compensation for that. You know, if, if it's a rarer skill. Um, for me personally, I think I do, I make a, I make a healthy amount of money, I think. So yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's difficult talking about salaries cause you don't want to like yeah. upset people. You don't want to like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a decent question. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say to anybody considering Android development, I never started my career intending to be an Android developer that sort mm -hmm. of just fell onto me accidentally. But what I have noticed from other friends that are other developers, uh, you know, that I've spoken frankly with, it does seem like I, um, Android developer roles as, as a whole, depending on where you are, major cities are possibly better, do make slightly more than the average developer. From what I can tell, I could be completely wrong. You know, my sample size might be completely skewed, but that's what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Knowing all the pressure of being an Android developer and how you spend your day of working and, and after work, uh, will you marry an Android developer? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, imagining that my girlfriend was an Android developer. Yeah. Uh, I think I would. Like it would, it, there's one, th okay, there is one thing that pops to mind. The arguments we would have would be astounding. Like, because I have, a, I'm so particular about how I do my Android development. If anything is out of place, I get, I get really frustrated. <laughs> so if there's, if there's, if my girlfriend or fiance or wife is an Android developer and they, and we're having a conversation, they're going to be some of the most heated conversations you've ever heard. <laughs> so <laughs> it's probably safer to not, to avoid marrying another Android dev, maybe mm. marrying an iOS dev. Now that's a dream team right there. You make a whole uh, native app solution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I never thought about it. So this question, <laughs> to be honest, comes from my wife. She was asking if all Android developers are the same or you are working too much. But <laughs> she, she's she's trying to find out if you're like sane on that, on that end of the camera. Amazing. Mohsen's wife, I think he's fine. I think he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's normal. He's normal. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Uh, as the last question of this category, what's your phone brand? iOS or Android and which Oh. Android, absolutely. Okay, I, I would yeah. be a hypocrite if I had an iOS, but I have a uh, Pixel Six now, so I just got mm, this um, nice. just before, um, no, just after DroidCon Berlin. Actually, it came through the post, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's fabulous. I was working with a Pixel Two before that, 
So I had a Pixel mm-hmm. 2 for like five or four or five years and it survived. Mm-hmm. It was a great phone. One of the best phones I've ever had, a Pixel 2. Yeah, yeah. But then it was slowing down. Things were, you know, the storage was actually way too small. I wanted to put loads of stuff on it. So I was like, right, time to upgrade. And the Pixel 6 had just come out. So I jumped straight on it. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm also a fan of, yeah, I'm also a fan of Pixel. I switched from 2 to 4. But now I'm happy with 4. Let's see if I want to change. We will see you on the next category. Okay, the next category is about Android community and how you contribute to this community. Uh, as a first question, what was your latest contribution to the Android community? Any talk, any article, or whatever? Well, uh, recently uh, I was on, uh, I was at DroidCon Berlin. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's my most recent contribution uh, to the Android community. We talked, myself and a colleague of mine, we talked about how we integrated Jetpack Compose into the Babel app. So um, spoiler alert, Babel app has Compose in it in production, which is really fantastic. And back at the start of this year, before Compose went stable, we were like, right, we want to get it into the app. Maybe we'll luckily, you know, maybe we'll be lucky and picked up by DroidCon and get a talk. So we proposed Mm -hmm. the talk, we did all the work and it was just, it was great. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness, so much fun uh, being on stage in front of real people again, real people. Yeah. I was done and you burned the stage. That's that's what I that's my comment. So thank you so much. I will share some of the videos with the viewer so they see I'm not lying. Bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah, the the videos of the little it's just a little circle though, and I move a lot on stage. So the poor cameraman is constantly having to go, Oh, where's he going? Where's he going? Uh, back full circle. We started with two objectives. One to integrate Compose into the Babel app and use it. We did achieve that. And sure, myself and Ahmed weren't the ones to put the Compose stuff into production. Again, thank you, Android devs. Woo. Um, but we are on this stage to show you today that we have challenged ourselves and, as a company, succeeded to put it into uh, the code base by DroidCon. And here we are. <laughs> We, we rehearsed that too many times. It didn't, it didn't land. Anyway, the last final question before you run away is, was it worth it? Was all of this composed nonsense, learning from the ground up, redoing a bunch of app screens, was it worth it? Short answer, hell yes. OK, uh, there's always some pressure doing uh, some talk on the stage, or even you as a YouTuber that goes live. I, I never had the gut to go live, but you do. So how do you bear the pressure, and, and how do you cool yourself down? before before going to a stage or starting a live video? Oh, that is a really, really good question. Okay. <clears throat> so I do have a couple of like tips for this. I think, well, maybe one or two. Um, for me, when I started, so my context, just a little bit, bit backstory about me. As I said, I used to be a teacher. So having to go up in front of kids often uh, was something that I sort of like, it helped me get used to being on stage or in front of people at least. But before that, I actually went to like, um, um, like kid the- amateur theater group. So when I was a young kid, I, I was on in like theater plays and stuff. I think that really helped me a lot, but I know obviously people don't have all those experiences. So over the time, as I've been doing these, I've tried to like build up a couple of tips in my mind for other people. So one of the main things is, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but for me, I'm still quite scared of going on stage. Um, I don't know if I hide it well, hopefully I hide it well. Um, but yeah, there's this one thing that I do and I think I stole it from a movie. So if you can remember what the movie is, then let me know. But I, t- I sort of heard this in a movie. I was like, 
that's weird. I'll try it. And for me, it really works. And it's this basically like before you go on stage or before you do something where you have this sort of fear emotion or any sort of like strong emotion, you, you, the mind is constantly trying to like combat it. You're constantly trying to con uh, fight against it to sort of be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm scared. But this tip says for five whole seconds, again, stole this from a movie. It's not mine. Five whole seconds. You are allowed to feel all of it. Let it overcome mm -hmm. you. Let it surround you. Don't fight it. Just let mm -hmm. the fear in my case, just come consume you. And what you'll do is you'll go, okay, five seconds, go. And you'll just five seconds of just like, oh, this, this is awful. This is going to suck. And then um, mm -hmm. after five seconds, you have to stop and you have to do something. You have to act after five seconds. Mm -hmm. And either that's go on stage or just sort of bounce around something that's a bit different than what you were doing before. Mm -hmm. And what it did for me, at least, was it made me realize I'm a lunatic, right? That's the guy there, the five second fear guy. Why the, what the hell is that about? He's not going to get stabbed. No one in the audience is going to like stand up and go, boo, you suck. I mean, they might, but they're not going to do that. The, the, everything that that weird fear person is feeling is just in here. And that exercise mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, five whole seconds, not to fight it, just feel all of it, just highlights like, this is just up here. If I can just control mm -hmm. that and move past it, everything's going to be fine. And then often you'll be on stage and you'll be there for like the first minute. You'll sort of be like still sort of feeling a little bit of the fear. It's not going to go away, but you'll feel it. And then after you realize that, oh, yes, this person in the front row is not going to stab me. That person in the third row is not going to yell boo. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you sort of start to go, oh, OK, I can start to like release a little bit, enjoy this and start to play a little bit more. Um, and I use that every time, like before I went on DroidCon. Uh, I don't obviously the camera didn't catch me, but I was I was sort of off to the side of the stage. I sort of just go, I sat, I sort of stand still and just go, and that's me letting it all in, trying not show it, uh, that sort of thing. And then I go, okay, cool. Everything that's going to happen on that stage is not as bad as what just happened in this brain. And that's that's a I think it's a really useful tip. I've given that to a couple of people. Again, stole it from a movie. Um, other than that, it's just unfortunately it's a really rubbish answer. But practice, practice, practice. You can only get better and more confident more silly, more fun by doing it over and over again. Go to meetups, go to tech talks, get live on YouTube, just practice being in front of people. I think it really, really helps. And then like my angle, I don't know if the, the audience has seen some of my videos. I try and make it silly. Like for me, it's always important that I have fun doing it. Otherwise it's just a chore. So I do like mm -hmm. stupid jokes. I like mm -hmm. have some fun. Like I'll introduce myself by like jumping into the camera or just have make myself laugh, make myself have fun. And in doing that, again, it sort of does that whole relaxing thing for me. So, yeah, I guess those are my tips. I don't know if that helps anyone, but um, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Th that makes sense. Uh, my biggest concern in, in such cases is that I'm, I'm not a native English speaker and I'm really afraid of making big English mistakes and, and people just say, okay, what did he say? And I, I, I'm kind of guy who, who should follow the script, have, have a list of questions in front of me, have, have a have something written already and recorded pre-recorded pre, pre and, and read it again. I know I have, I don't have a bad command of English, but at the end, that, that's just my stopper, to be honest. And, but I did, I did talks. It's, it's not that I didn't, but personally, that, that really uh, hit me harder than, than pressure of watching people sitting there and, and they're looking into me. But cool. So but, it's more about the deviating away from the plan that is the sort of the fear. Yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if 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 tips is what's what should be said, then at this point, I would say something like, um, you know, deviating away from the plan. Often the audience doesn't know what the plan was, so you never really deviated. You know, it it's the perspective, isn't it? But that's just again, 
that's my idea. And if you can play it off, like there's a moment back in my past where I was doing a stage performance and I dropped something on stage that was not meant to happen, but I, I played it off because uh, instead of like going, Oh shit, you know, pick it back up. I played it off. I said something, you know, stupid, uh, like in the same character, like, Oh, classic glasses always falling out of my hands or something like that pick them up that way like yeah. just making it appear to the audience like it was never a mistake i don't know mm. if that is useful but yeah i understand your feeling though definitely it's it's uh, okay. yeah it's, it's tough yeah i would try to do it thank you <laughs> but uh, talking about jokes i know on your videos you have a book and you have a fancy book and you read jokes from it uh, can we do it now Da, 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 da. He came prepared. <laughs> yeah, give wow, me a page you know. number from one to two hundred and eighty, and I'll read you a, a joke. Two hundred eighty, and then eighty-four. Uh, well, okay, here we go. Eighty-four, yeah. eighty-four. This is this is what happens live. I search for a page, and I'll yeah, say the category. Your category is drink. Drink is the category, well, and then I'll okay. be like, "All right, everyone, settle in, get comfy for a for a joke." <clears throat> Then I'll read the joke and I'll laugh like an idiot. Here we go. <laughs> what what should you always take into the desert with you? A thirst aid kit. <laughs> yeah, it's that good. It's, that was <laughs> a good one. <laughs> it's, it's really not. It's really not. But yeah, it's, it's good fun. Oh, dear. It's, it's like asking Alexa to tell me a joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you hear why the chicken crossed the road? <laughs> I met the Alexa. It would reply soon. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks for the joke. Uh, this one comes from Reddit. So from, from a junior Android developer. And this is about how you keep yourself up to date with the fast-paced Android uh, community and Android API and, and Google. And they're releasing everything. Compose is here. Jetpack has changed and we have the navigation API, you know, they are hitting us very fast. How do you keep yourself up to date? And at least in, in, uh, the, in the stream. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, totally a feel for that, that question, right? Uh, and um, back when I started Android development, I felt overwhelmed by the speed of change in Android development. It felt unfun simply because something you did one month, next month would be totally different. Um, and unfortunately, again, my answer isn't super great. I think if you're going to be an Android developer, maybe you'll agree with me, Mosan, that you have to make an effort to stay up to date. Otherwise, you'll fall behind. So it's genuinely by applying effort to it. I will read articles like proandroiddev.com. I literally go to that website every day and just see the new articles. If there's like, there's usually like four highlighted articles, I'll be like, do any of those interest me or anything I'm working on? If so, click it, read it. It's, it's unfortunately like that. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. So wonderful channels like Philip Lackner, uh, coding with Mitch, coding in Flow, those fantastic channels for Android dev in particular. They do videos that are always really topical to actual Android development. It's not just like, oh, how do you go from an activity to another activity? It's like, oh, here's an MVVM uh, calendar app. Blah! And you can sort of take pieces out of that and like, you know, apply it to your work. So there's a really good way to keep up to date. Um, yeah, Reddit. Reddit is a good one. Um, just any, any way you can read, interact with the community, watch some videos. It's not a great answer, but yeah, I think if you're an Android developer, that's part of the role, staying up to date. Yeah. What do you think? Do you agree? Mm, I, I, I partly agree. So I do not follow all the trends. So 
I just follow the things that may affect my work and, and the way I'm working. But I, to be honest, I read all the titles, I read what's new, all the news, and uh, Android communities is really open and the Twitter kind of is open with all those new stuff being tweeted here and there. So we just have to follow some, some of the pro Android developers and they kind of share the news with you. So even without any effort from your side, you just have to open the Twitter app and read their tweets and that's it. But yeah, I, I'm, I've also been there that, okay, now is Kotlin. I don't know about Kotlin. Now is, is some other Jetpack API that's here. Now, yeah, I already told you, Android has changed, new API is here, new permissions here. Mm. I think we can we can easily get along with it. That's 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 the point. So yeah, and and just focus on the part that is really related to your job. You don't need to know anything about I don't know camera API if your app is just a content the content app. So yeah. it just just can narrow down. And I usually say it's it's like it's it's like a big ocean, and that you should know the whole knowledge and on the surface, but in that part that you really work on it, you should really go deep and, and get the whole idea out of it. That's a great analogy. I'm just yeah, stealing you. that, stealing that into the old brain. That's a great analogy. Yeah, <laughs> now it's awesome. You're absolutely right, and it's like um, the the code now and the job now is unrecognizable from what it was five years ago. Obviously, like, as you said, like the language differences, but it's like one of the only fields where that is really the case, like a Python developer, they'll still have like very similar sort of Python code, JS developers, it'll be very similar, but now Android is like, yeah, yeah it's great change. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, only dive into the bits that are important to you, otherwise you just overload it. Yeah, good answer. <clears throat> Do you have a fixed time dedicated to to learn new materials? For example, every day in the morning, one hour, I should go and read uh, a pro Android dev or or any time in the day, or even I don't know. You don't have a fixed time, and it's dynamic. Um, honestly, I don't have a fixed time. I just do it as it. I think I'm luckily quite flexible in my sort of job time roles and stuff. Obviously, meetings and stuff. But for me, I'll just if I need to learn something. Do it right there and then read a read a link. Uh, sorry, read an article, watch a video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and what was your latest article that you read and you found useful, at least for your job? Oh, oh. Okay. Um, uh, okay. It doesn't it doesn't really count? But I had to revise um, the best practices for coroutines. Just I think it was today um, because I couldn't remember. Like, um, should we inject? coroutines or should we inject coroutine scopes or should we inject uh you know whatever it was but anyway the uh the android dev developer article there's one that's literally like best practice for coroutines it says exactly that so i was like yes delicious so i guess that's that's the that's the answer but um in terms of new stuff there was one that i that sticks in my mind for my, i do i do live streams every now and then for compose um that you mentioned already um there was one article that i sort of brought up in that and it was somebody who writ a um like a conditional modifier block so you could write like inline ifs for your compose modifiers and i was like that yeah. is sensational <laughs> and, I, and so uh, i think i talked about it on stream but yeah that was that was a really good one uh, I'll, I'll make sure to dig out that link in particular because that's a great read um and make sure we attach to the show notes or whatever yeah yeah just share it with me i will put into the description and do you have a hero in android world any person that you really admire and i do i uh 
I love Chet Haas, man. <laughs> he is my hero and I want his job. What he does, I want to do. I want to talk to people. I want to get on stage. I want to have my, still my hands in the developer world. And uh, yeah, he's, he's sensational. He's brilliant. And he's so funny. He's so charismatic. I'm such a fanboy. It's crazy. I'm such a fanboy, but yeah, Chet Haas is the answer there. Yeah. Yeah, th this question comes from Reddit, but how would you react if you see him? I guess you see him <laughs> on DroidCon. I did, yeah. Somebody, somebody knows the answer to this already, but uh, I'll, I'll tell the story <laughs> then briefly. Um, so yeah, he was at DroidCon, and I basically, it's three days long DroidCon. I basically spent the first three days of DroidCon going, seeing him and going, okay, how do I, how do I approach Chet Haas? How do, what do I say to him? Like, can I go up to him? Is that all right? I didn't do anything because I'm a coward. Um, and on the last day after his keynote, his finishing keynote, he basically said, if anybody's got his book, he will sign it for them. I've got his book. So I like mm. packed it in my bag that day. I came to the conference. I got in the queue with my book after, uh, after his talk. And the whole time I was in the queue, I was like, right, I have to say something different to what everyone else is saying to him. I can't just be a fanboy, go, hi, Chet, big fan, sign my book. I have to say something weird and different. So um, I get to the front of the queue and hand him my book and he goes, oh, I've got to think of something funny to write in your book. So I just, for some reason, I just go, oh yeah, just, just call me an asshole in the book. That'll be fine. <laughs> I literally said that to him and he goes, okay. <laughs> and then he spent two minutes with like mind block. He couldn't get that ridiculous thing that I just said out of his head. So he ended up just writing in the front of my book, insert actual blurb here and handed it back to me, which I think is brilliant to start with. I'm so happy that that's what he wrote. But then I pushed it one step further. I was like, right, I want to get a photo with this guy. But again, can't be like every other person. So I went, hey, Chet, can, do you mind if I get a selfie with you? But instead of doing a normal photo, let's both pull really stupid, weird faces. And he again goes, okay. And the photo <laughs> is brilliant. I'll try and dig it out um, in a second. But the photo is basically just me on one side going, <laughs> like full-on idiotic face and then him going like looking over me like <laughs> anyway so that's the moment i met my hero i made a complete ass of myself but maybe maybe it's very memorable i don't know maybe he's like i never want to see that person again in my life which would be a fair reaction so yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> so that was the end of this category see you on the next one let's start with the next category and it's about encouraging junior uh, Android developer who want to join the community. So my, quest, my first question is, uh, how did you start Android development and what was your first API version? Ooh, ooh okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to be frank with you. I can't remember the first API version at all. Um, Pre-Lollipop pre maybe, must have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember. Sorry, maybe KitKat? Maybe, but uh, yeah, sorry. But uh, the, how did I start Android part? Um, so yeah, I, actually I didn't sort of intentionally start Android development. Like I never hunted it out. I never intended to do Android. It sort of happened mm -hmm. upon me. Uh, and I think a lot of people in the industry sort of say this as well. Um, and when you get your hands on Android for the first time and have a play, that's the sort of the moment that you're like hooked essentially. But for me, I started as a, um, um, so I, I did a computer games programming course in university. So my intention was to make games. I very quickly realized that that's a lot of work and I'm very lazy. Um, so my first sort of real industry job was a hybrid app developer using like, um, uh, Cordova and Ionic. So you write HTML, JavaScript, and CSS and deploy it for iOS and for Android. <clears throat> so I did that. That's how I started it. And then towards the end of that job, 
um, we found real performance issues in our hybrid app. So it was uh, my my boss at the time was like, oh, let's make native apps. He assigned he had somebody for iOS already, and I was the one sort of lined up for Android. Um, so that was the the moment where it was sort of like forced upon me. But I picked it up. It was confusing as hell. I put everything in the main activity in one file, and it was it was <laughs> it was a thing of beauty. That was awful. Uh, it was confusing as hell. All of the lifecycle events were just like, what is this? Why am I doing this? It felt like torture, but it was sort of thrust upon me. I made something. It seemed to work. And that's where I got hooked, I guess. So that's that's sort of my journey. And then after that, I actually, um, uh, my next job in the UK um, was just as a, as a sort of junior developer. And they put me in the app team because I had app experience. Um, and then I learned from one of the greatest mentors that I ever had. In fact, it's the guy that's in that um, that video where I interview him, Graham. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I hope you won't mind me saying this, but he's the, one of the greatest mentors ever. And he taught me pretty much everything I know over many, many years. We worked together and I learned from him. And it's just, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have what I have now. I wouldn't have the career um, or knowledge that I have without him. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Cooler story. What was your very first serious app? I think this is this the app that you comment and talked about. It was the very first one after yeah. Now, so, yeah. So that'll be the that'll be the the app for that company. Uh, back in the day, it was a it was a, a menu, basically online food ordering app, essentially mm-hmm. for that company. As an Android developer, what aspects of your job you love, and if you switch to another software development platform, you're gonna miss it. That's really good. Okay, so um, I guess immediately the fact that what I write is on someone else's device, like it can be if, you know, obviously if I upload it to Play Store, it can be on their device in a matter of, you know, minutes, hours, whatever. Something that I write, production code can be on hundreds, thousands of devices, you know, whatever around the world. And I think that's quite a, a beautiful thing. Obviously, if I was making websites, it'd be a very similar thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it, I guess that's, the, that's a really exciting bit. And also like I talked about the, the difficulty or not the difficulty, but the perceived difficulty of Android development when you first start, like it seems a very confusing, mad wild west world, but I think there's a lot of joy, uh, and pleasure to be had once you sort of start really understanding it. Um, and now that I, feel i feel like i'm quite well versed in the android dev world i sort of really enjoy it i feel like i have like a tool belt and when i'm coding something i can be like oh yeah take a little bit of that take a little bit of that i'll just sprinkle in about that and sort of make a bit of a creative creative artistic thing i guess right i i i think um and now that composers come out life is real good i've i've never enjoyed android development more than now um i mean xml was fine and the the real fast previews was great but there's something about compose, man. It's it's tasty. It's 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 fun. It's fun. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, do you also code for, for other platforms like iOS backend or anything else? Um. So yeah, I've never done iOS development. Um. I've done a little bit of like AWS. I guess you could call that backend stuff. But I've done a fair bit and still do. As I said, like um, front end web dev stuff. So uh, HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. And the reason that I really enjoy that and like to keep that semi up to date is because it's i think it's really good for prototyping things so if you have an idea one of the best ways to do it is just by building it and throwing it up there android development that's fine and it's got a bit easier now that composes there but build time still sort of slow you down a little bit whereas with web 
dev stuff. You type it, you hit refresh and it's there. And I think that's really good for prototyping and proving your idea. So yeah, that's my answer. Cool. And, and what's your advice for someone who wants to start Android development today? Do you suggest to start with Java and then switch to Kotlin or start Kotlin from scratch? I think it's safe to say now that Java is in the rear mirror majoritively for Android world. I think you can ignore Java, in my opinion, completely ignore Java now, jump into Kotlin um, and just start there and definitely start with some of the Google code labs. Um, the the sorry the yeah the Google Android Code Labs um, the Android Devs YouTube channel has like a getting started video series as well that's really good um, that's where I would start definitely the Code Labs they're sensational and the and the docs are great but the docs are really scary when you're brand new as you, as you can probably you know attest to um, but once you've started doing some of the Code Labs and you understand some of the the key concepts key terms those docs become just delicious I think at some point yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. And uh, because some junior Android developers has a trouble or have no idea how hard it could be to get a job and, and jump on a job as an Android developer, I'd like to know how was your last job interview process and maybe enlighten some of the steps for them. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so the one for uh, Babel I can talk about. Um, so, so in fact, there's something I'll start with before I like dive into that. At the moment, I'm seeing this trend, or at least there was back when I was sort of looking for jobs in Germany, where they'll send out like um, a test, you know, like a, a technical test before you get into the interview. And that's fine. They want to assess that you've got the skills, but they fall into two camps for me, one that is really, really good and one that is awful and I hate. And I'll start with the second one first. A lot of companies, I won't name names, but a bunch of companies that I applied for send me these like algorithm tests. So they're like an hour long, three big ass questions, nothing to do with Android, nothing. And it, it annoys the hell out of me. And you spend, you know, sure, you can do some algorithm stuff, but a lot of your job, in especially in Android dev, if you're going for a specific Android dev role, you're not going to deal with like these bloody binary search trees and inverting a binary tree and all that garbage. You want to do like show that you can do UI, asynchronous calls, make HTTP requests, all that kind of stuff. And those tests, I hate them. And I would advocate that you've anybody that gets those algorithm tests, fight the power, fight back. I don't know what you can do, but just, <laughs> just fight back. Um, and yeah, I suck at those and I hate them and there's so much pressure. But then the other camp, which, you know, obviously <laughs> I'm a little bit biased, but Babel fell into this camp, the take home, make an app test which is definitely the better one in my opinion. It's yeah. not time constrained, which is more realistic to the job role. You're actually yeah. making an app, which is brilliant because that's what you'll do day to day. And they get to see and assess like your code quality without being under pressure. So you can put in some fancy things. For my app um, at the time, motion layout was sort of relatively new. So I used motion layout just to sort of flare it up a bit um, and obviously use some good architecture patterns show off that way as opposed to under um, a really stressful thing. Anyway, that's the preface, the take home test. Um, the job process, so the interview process uh, consisted of a like a HR interview, a technical uh, test, that's the take-home test that I talked about, mm -hmm. and the uh, technical interview. Um, and it, Sorry, it started with the test, then the technical interview, then the HR interview. Um, and each one of them, the, the, as I said, the take-home test was a lot of fun and enjoyable, and they gave me a weekend to do it, so plenty of time. After that, I sat with two um, already senior Android developers in Babel, and we just talked about the obvious question topics talk to me about uh, life cycle events talk to me about android ui what's the difference between a fragment an activity and a view talk to me about rx java talk to me about asynchronous calls um 
they asked a little bit about big O annotation, but not too much. Um, they talked about, uh, I've forgotten what else they talked about, but the really obvious stuff. Um, and now I do a lot of interviews actually at Babbel, not a lot. I've done a couple mm -hmm. of interviews mm -hmm. at Babbel. Um, I see a very sort of similar, um, you know, when I'm doing the interviews, I sort of bring up a lot of the similar concepts. I just want to see that that person knows at least enough um, of the Android fundamentals. You know, you need to know these things, otherwise you physically can't code Android stuff. You need to know about on resume, on start activities, fragments, otherwise you physically are useless, right? So all I want to do is assess that that is there. Um, and then depending on the level, if it's a beginner role, that'll be it. That'll be pretty much it. And then the, what will matter is the culture of that person. Do they fit in with the culture of the um, of the workspace? Are they, you know, willing to learn? Are they, uh, you know, incorrigible? Are they open to new ideas, open to learning? If it's a senior role, then I'll push a bit further. I'll ask about architecture, you know, trying to draw out MVVM, MVI, MVP, MVC, all that kind of stuff, um, and ask some of the more detailed questions. And I'll really go back to their code, the take-home test code, um, and ask them questions about that. Why did you do it this way? Why did you do that way, et cetera? And try and um, make a conversation and understand their mindset. But again, that's the difference between the senior and the beginner or the junior, I suppose. Um, and that's how it was for my role. So I got drilled in a little bit more about architecture. Um, and then the HR interview, very simple. It's just, it's they are, from what I've experienced, trying to just assess that you fit in to the company, that you are a good sensible human civil person that won't just start work and disappear for months on end or you know um that you will fit into the team and um it was a very after the technical test it's a very in my opinion simple easy flow process and it's just a matter of like proving that you know what you already know and as long as you can tell people you know verbalize what you know you're fine and then just be yourself and see if because obviously if you are Sorry, again, this is a bit silly. For the HR interview, if you are trying to not, if you're trying to be someone else, if you're trying to put a character on just to get the job role, no one's going to win in that scenario. So mm -hmm. I always advise just in HR interviews, be yourself. They'll see if you're right for the place and you'll see if they're, if they are a good fit for you as well. So um, yeah, super cheesy at the end there. Sorry about that. But that's, that's a big old answer. Sorry about that. That's a super long <laughs> answer. But yeah, um, hopefully some of that was useful. <laughs> Yeah, I guess all of it was useful. This question also comes from Reddit. So I've been learning Android development for the past three or to five months and was wondering if I could grab an internship opportunity. Yes, I would say yes. I don't know if that's a controversial answer or not. Um, I think any amount of time that's longer than, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, having your hands in Android development is enough for an internship level. Because again, that's you're not going to be expected to go in day one and put something into production. If you are, that's not an internship. Um, but instead, you're going to go and hopefully you'll have, as I said, a small amount of knowledge that can be built upon enough to sort of just understand some keywords and some conversations you're having. And then that company, hopefully, if they're decent, should make an effort to train you and to mold you and to help mm -hmm. you grow. They'll give you a good mentor, hopefully somebody that you can learn from, uh, have one-to-ones with, have good code reviews with. What the skill you will look inside a junior Android developer if you have some technical interview and HR ask you to do a acceptance review? This one also comes from Reddit. Okay, yeah, uh, good question. Okay, so from a technical aspect, I would want to see that they understand an activity, what an activity is, a fragment and a view, those three things. And I would expect or hope a basic understanding of the activity lifecycle. Forget the fragment lifecycle, the activity lifecycle. And that really, for me, would be it. 
maybe a bit of Kotlin would be nice, but not a requirement. That would be it. Because if it's a junior, I would really want to work with that person and start to show them the crazy world of architectures and modules and all that kind of stuff. But slowly over time, mm -hmm. the other thing that I would look for, and this is a must for me, is a willingness to learn like that is that's number one forget the technical stuff they could have zero and if they've got a big willingness to learn that's huge for me because that's as, as we said a couple of questions ago android development world and life is about constantly learning and keeping up to date so a willingness to learn is not only good for future them but good for me because i can help them sort of mm -hmm. pick up the bits and i think they can they can express that in multiple ways it's really nice to see you know people obviously saying that they're willing to learn, but showing it, you know, it, they've taken courses or they watch YouTube videos or they've have side projects that they've messed around with. All of these things prove it more than words do. So yeah, that's what I'd look for. Yeah, those type of people even make you excited to teach them more. This, this oh yeah. There's an, there's an energy and a passion that you can mm -hmm. sort of get from those people yeah. as well. If they're like, whoa, okay, tell me more about that. You're like, oh, Damn, all right. Yeah, let me let me tell you more about that. And it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's cool. It's exciting. Yeah. And it's good because you know, if it stops with us, you know, if it stops with us, the, the development world of Android, then we're screwed, right? We've got to keep constantly bringing the next lot in and getting them trained up and helping them understand the chaotic world that we've already <laughs> left there for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are here to make their life easier. So why not? Cool. So after starting Android development, uh, how did you end up here? How was your career path up to this point? Okay, so yeah, as I said, the um, the hybrid app that was web devy tech, um, and then it was sort of, as I said, like sort of forced upon me to go like the Android native route. And I started with like Java, um, a single activity, sorry, not a single activity, multiple activities. Um, and that it was a very gross app no sort no architecture to be found really it was all in like the activity files um after that i moved back to england and as i said started that um job as a junior software developer but because i had mobile experience you know ish um, they put me in the mobile team and that's where i connected up with the mentor that is you know my hero um who taught me everything i have and over the next four years it was, i think i was there for four years we worked together on everything. He taught me things he knew. We looked, we explored and Kotlin came out and we sort of explored that together. Coroutines came out, we explored that together. Um, and then after four years, as I said, pandemic hit, I was like, Let, let's get out of here. Dipped off to Berlin. Um, and by that time, four years in that other company, I'd been promoted to um, a normal developer and then a senior developer after that. So um, I was already a senior, um, although I didn't feel like it. There's a lot of imposter syndrome there. But yeah, anyway, then I went for a, senior role at Babel had got it. And um, yeah, it's, I'm so grateful for the past four years before Babel to have prepared me for this. And I feel mm -hmm. capable-ish, like there's things I don't know. Often I'll feel imposter syndrome. It's crazy, like having this sort of amount of responsibility. But for me, uh, that's, I guess, yeah, that's my career path so far. Mm -hmm. There was other bits in there, like I said, about a circus specialist, but they're not relevant. I was an IT technician at a high school at one point. I was a teacher at one point, but yeah, they're not, not particularly relevant. I think they, they kind of prepared you because now if your YouTube video is fun, it's because of your background plus all, all the things that happened before. But cool. I think you're right. I, yeah. Thank you so much. That's lovely to hear. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. I hope you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot say, okay, I, I will throw them out and start from scratch, but yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> uh, 
what technical book do you suggest to a junior Android developer to read? Whoa, okay. Ooh. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, so there was um there was one book that I read. It's super old now. I think it's honestly, I think it's out of date at this point, but it was something like um Android Studio 3.5. Um, and it was just this big, thick book. Um, just explaining like how to use Android Studio and actually like this was when Kotlin had first come out and some of the sort of co uh, complexities, some of the things you can do and actually like writing an Android app was in that and it was brilliant, but I think it's out of date now. I really think it's out of date now. There must be an updated one. Um, other than that, it's super interesting to read about the history of Android. So Chet Hass's book, Androids, um, is a great read, but not technical. Um, what else? That's a really good question. I can't think of any more off the top of my head. No, I read a lot of books about like um, Linux and Unix and stuff. Like I'm a big terminal fan. Like I love sort of command line interface kind of stuff. <laughs> so I've read loads of crap about that. Um, and I think it helps me in my Android role, you know, specifically when it comes to like ADB, using ADB like really well and efficiently, um, using like Git like properly and sort of interacting with version control systems properly. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a crazy amount of books there and I won't bore people with that. They're not Android specific, but they've helped me at least. Um, th there was some, some discussion on Reddit and I, I promised myself to ask it from, from anyone who joins these interviews. And it's about, uh, do you think you need to know all the Android APIs and all the history behind to become a good Android developer? From, from very first API? Oh God, no, no, no. I I barely know any of them. <laughs> like, um, yeah, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Like most of them, are, as you said, like especially the history ones, they're deprecated, they're out of use, they're, they're redundant and there's better ways of doing things now. So no, um, just know, like follow some of the more up-to-date ways of doing things. And I think that'll be fine. Find repos on GitHub that are, you know, made in the last two, three years. And that's the APIs you need to know. Anything more than that is just like, bleh, what a waste of time, in my opinion. It's nice to know the history of some of these things and how we got here, but yeah, not for actually getting hands-on, I don't think. Yeah, in that case, go and read Chathas book, that's it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you, There's if the history like to, book of our world. Yeah. If you like to know the history of Android, it, it was supposed to be used for camera and that's it. So that's oh, it yeah. yeah, that was such a crazy thing. To, I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what's your definition of being a senior Android developer? What characteristic a, a senior Android developer should have? Is it yeah, that's a really good knowledge or, or something else? Um, to start with, there's a decision-making, in my opinion, there's a decision-making component that you need to have as a senior. Um, I think seniors should be people that lead the, the standard levels and the junior levels. They should be the ones sort of detailing how things are architectured, laid out, how things should be, what libraries to use, what not to use. I think, in my opinion, that should be the case. Um, a senior should be someone that is deeply knowledgeable about Android, like the fundamentals. Um, obviously you know knowing things and like knowing things and being able to look up the right things and knowing them off by heart is a different thing if you asked me a question about god i don't know broadcast something or other yeah i'd just be like oh crap i don't know but let me read the docs i've used it in the past that's something that i think a senior anybody that knows all of that off by heart they're a genius and they need to be like the ceo of the company or cto of the company but um 
yeah, um, I think a senior should be, yeah, decision-making, have a deep knowledge, but know how to apply it. And then I think nowadays, one of the really important parts of Android development is um, architecture decisions. And it sounds so boring. And if I'm a junior watching this, I'm going to immediately turn off because architect the word architecture is boring as, boring as hell, but it's yeah. so vital to what we do. And it makes good code, makes good apps that are efficient and functional and easy to maintain and readable. But that comes, that architecture only comes through being in industry, having your hands in an app and having someone above you, a senior or whatever that you can learn from, I think, or like a code base that you build together. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the three things, architecture, decisions and knowledge. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. <laughs> and by knowing uh, seniority and juniority, what team arrangement do you like to work with? So all senior and, or a mix of senior and junior? Good question. So honestly, a mix would be better simply because, would it be better? I don't know the answer to this, but I would like a mix because as you're working, then as you can help those juniors progress, but multiple seniors in a team, you'll just fly through work. Um, yeah, I think my preferred arrangement, I guess, is the question. So preferred arrangement, some one or two seniors, many juniors and then pair them up get them pairing on tasks often mm -hmm. you know um, that's 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 the juice that's the good stuff yeah yeah my, my only advice is that don't give them boring tasks and say okay we have juniors to do those boring tasks let them do it so just, yeah just, agreed yeah they yeah. shouldn't be there as grunt work that that yeah. that defeats the purpose they should be getting hands-on involved yeah. Yeah. learning yeah grunt work would just kill any aspirations or enthusiasm that a junior would have in my opinion yeah exactly and, and another question from reddit which you somehow mentioned about it but uh, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome and and how did you face it maybe maybe open it a bit because you mentioned you had it sure yeah uh, i have yeah it's awful and frankly terrifying um actually sorry to promote something on your channel i actually made a video about imposter syndrome as well where i talked about this exact thing um, and I think there is no way around it. It's something you're going to feel because you have a logical brain in your head. You're going to feel like, wow, how am I in this position? I'm an idiot. I shouldn't be doing all of these decisions making. I feel it day to day still. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm Ben Cadell. I'm an idiot. How is anybody listening to a single word that I'm saying? Um, but the one effective, it's not even super effective, but the one thing that I can say to help curve the imposter syndrome feeling is by simply knowing that it's not just you everybody or most people will feel that imposter syndrome. I'm sure you felt it as well. And simply by knowing that it's not just you, it unlocks something in your brain. It makes you go, okay, right. Yeah. I'm here. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't know how I got here, but other people are feeling the same thing. We're all just, we're all just quote idiots on a boat together, right? Somebody's steering the ship. We we're all together in this boat. Um, and just by knowing that other people are probably feeling the same thing and openly talking about it. I had conversations in my last job where I was like with um with somebody that was the sort of same level as me when I got uh, promoted to a senior I was like um so I have no idea why I just got promoted that makes no sense at all and they're like well da -da 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 -da. and they explained reasons back to me that I didn't even think of they were like oh well you do this good you do that good blah blah mm -hmm. blah and just by talking about it and knowing that other people feel the same way that's a huge weight off the shoulders but yeah <sighs> It's part of it's part of our world, I would say. It's part of our world. Just know yeah. that if you are in a role, you're not there by accident. You've mm -hmm. earned it somehow. You have you have talent, you have ability. And if you know, if 
by an off chance there was a mistake and you know it, it's not it's not that way at all but if by off chance there was a mistake and you've been promoted to a role you shouldn't be then just get learning <laughs> but that will never happen you will never be like companies are, are smart than that they won't just go up oh, senior go and you're like day one on the job you're like oh i have no idea what's going on um i, I think i think yeah. yeah what would you say to that what, what's your advice yeah you you kind of mentioned it i i would say okay i might be an idiot in this position but those who picked me are not idiots they, they are running a company and i'm not the first one who had got the promotion so maybe they're right i'm, I'm in the right position and as you said I, if i don't know some part for example if they put me as a tech lead and, and i don't know how to how to attend the meeting i, I will go and learn it that that's just a challenge and opportunity for me to go and do it but yeah i think every one of us has been there and this mm -hmm. is something to to learn yeah for anyone watching you're not alone and you are mm -hmm. not crazy all is good you'll do it you'll make it <laughs> one thing that's important is that knowing that such a thing exists because if you don't know that this syndrome can hit you and this is normal for everyone that's 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 horrible because mm -hmm. you feel that you're alone and you're the only one who is doing it wrong and it's it's going to kill you someday but knowing that this thing exists it's it's really soothing and making you feel better big time <laughs> agreed yep yeah yeah and for the next question uh what's a normal day of working for you uh, as a senior android developer how do you start how do you end how do you mm, in middle good question okay start? so uh we use jira for anybody that doesn't know what Jira is, it's a ticketing system. So if I have a task to do, change the color of a button to blue from red, it'll be as a little ticket, a little slip that we can move on a virtual board from mm -hmm. uh, ready to work on to in progress, to done, to testing, to merged or whatever, you know? Um, so my initial start will be Jira board. What am I working on? Uh, calendar. What meetings today have I got that are going disrupt, to dis distract that working? Uh, emails, check whatever emails. And once that whole process is done, crack open Android Studio, open Spotify, get the chill step on and just go for it. Try and try and crack out as much work. I'm more effective in the morning than I am in the afternoon, mm -hmm. um, both because most of the meetings are in the afternoon and two, because I have an old man brain in my head where I'm awake in the morning and then I'm slowly just going, bleh, bleh, bleh. doesn't matter how much coffee. But yeah, that's, that's my day. So the Jira board and then Android Studio for the majority of it. Sit in the terminal for a lot of times uh mm -hmm. you know dealing with a lot of the git from the command line um go to github we use a uh, github for our uh, remote version control system sorry remote online remote repository mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it's it's basically doing that some sometimes mixing in a couple of pull requests do a couple of code reviews um that's that's my day i would say yeah you know this git blame feature and i'd like to know what was your reaction when you found the hack in the code and you said okay let's see who did it and then you find that it was you i'll, I'll give I'll, I'll go into a scene all right here we go action <laughs> oh which idiot wrote this piece of code right let me i'm gonna find out who it is i'm gonna send him a slap oh uh oh <laughs> <laughs> all right well i mean that code's not as bad as it looks it's pretty good it does the job <laughs> quickly change it <laughs> That's the the live inaction, and that happens more often than I care to admit as well. So, <laughs> it's, that get blame is both a beauty and a curse. <laughs> exactly, yeah. it it blow into your face. That's that's a good thing. Cool. <laughs>
And uh, I'm going to ask you the question I asked uh, from Chathas. Uh, so what do you think about the future of Flutter? Um, do you advise any junior developer to go and start with Flutter instead of Kotlin? And if not, why? This also comes from Reddit. That's a really good question. I've got to be very honest up front. I've not played with Flutter at all. There is one thing that I have noticed, and it's simply that job descriptions are now more often android slash flutter dev so mm -hmm. uh, and that seems to be if I, if you know if i was to make a rough percentage over time it's definitely getting more and more for some reason the flutter seems to be interesting impactful happening so i think flutter has a future somewhere in android development but i've not i don't know enough about it to to fix a, a decent answer i'm afraid but it does look mm -hmm. like it's growing in popularity Mm -hmm. It's Dart, right? Flutter's Dart, or yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah. It's Dart, and that's 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 one of the complaints I've heard about those who do Flutter. They was they were saying, okay, if it was Kotlin, then Flutter was fantastic. But my okay. next question is KM KMM. What do you think about Kotlin mobile multi-platform? Do you think it's going to grow and catch all of us, plus the Jetpack Compose, and and you will write once and use it everywhere for both iOS and Android? Honestly, I hope so. I think I think I hope so. KM is is a juicy idea, and it's I, you know like things like um, is it uh, you know Cordova and Ionic and stuff have have tried this sort of multi platform thing in the past, but they've always been built on the common denominator of like web techie kind of things. So I think KAM like genuinely for like desktop things web things ios things i think that'd be really nice mm -hmm. um i've not had a play with km to be honest uh, just read bits about it so all i can say is i hope i hope there's a future there because really if i'm being brutally honest and i know i'm talking myself out of my own job here i think it's crazy to have two different types of native devs for the same product if that makes sense so an android dev and an ios dev yes it makes sense because that's what we have to have in order to get good cool uh you know uh, apps that are efficient and work well with the device but it's kind of crazy nowadays that we have to have like an ios dev hired and an android dev hired so something where it's still there's there's that gap that's still really there that's like the hybrid app thing the hybrid application but good <laughs> so i hope it's the future but i don't want to lose my job but yeah obviously if it, if it comes to that then it's time to just reskill and learn something new but yeah That'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But that's the it, thing as well. Like if I have an idea for an app, it always like it stops immediately because I'm like, oh, I've got an idea for an app. I can write the Android stuff, but I can't write the iOS stuff. So immediately half my market is like chopped in half. And then I can go, oh, well, I can write it with like a hybrid technology kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, oh, uh, it's never it's never going to be as good as a native-y thing. So yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's true. And as the last question of this category, uh, do you? This one also comes from Reddit. Do you have any good tips for effectively googling in Android development? So any any keyword that you use or any anything you do to get to the right answer? Yeah. Uh, okay. So obviously the first two words in any search: Android Dev, uh, and then space whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, effectively googling. That's such a good question. Um, cause literally that's, I, I think you probably would agree. That's our entire job, right? Is simply like, as I said, we don't need to, we shouldn't remember things 
off the top of our heads exactly perfectly syntax layout the keywords all that kind of stuff but being able to like search for that um and i think it i think unfortunately it just goes back again to knowing those like the key vocabulary the dictionary of android yeah. development activity fragment all that kind of stuff and knowing those words well yeah. um i've just thought of something i want to add to that actually like yeah. um, yes googling is a very good uh, and necessary skill to have and doing it well is good but there's another thing that I think a lot of people know about, but just in case the audience doesn't know about this, inside of Android Studio, any API, you can, on a Mac keyboard, command and left-click it. I don't know what it is on a Windows control and left-click. And what it'll do, it'll jump you to the the actual source code of that mm -hmm. function or that API. And often, if it's mm -hmm. you know written by Google or a decent third party, there'll be documentation, there'll be comments in the code explaining what that function is, how to use it. And you'll get to see firsthand what the function parameters are, what the mm -hmm. requirements mm -hmm. are, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's sort of Googling, but within the code itself. I, I think that's a really useful tip if people don't know it. Yeah, I, I do control Q, which shows the documentation right in, in where I am. But if I don't understand it, then I, I sure, for sure I will go inside and try to read the source code and understand what it's doing. Yeah, good. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this section is also done, so we will see you on the next category. Let's switch to the next category, which is some Android technical and your opinion about some of them. So uh, don't you miss Java? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, Java was great, and that was like the first language I learned at university, but hail Kotlin, man. Hail Kotlin. Once you Kotlin, you never go back. It's just, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes I miss it, but just 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 as a history, you know, saying okay, we used to do it in in, in this way in Java. Just thinking back to the good days, like oh Java. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some bubble on top of my head. <laughs> uh, name only one open source library that you cannot live without. Just one. Yeah, only Ooh. one. You have to write. All right. List uh okay the obvious one retrofit mm -hmm. can't live without it can't live without it I, i'm not gonna spend any time making any sort of http client mm -hmm. it's done for me it's a beautiful api it works with everything even coroutines and flows and oh yeah retrofit mm -hmm. what about you what would you say to that i think i, I will also I will also say retrofit because i used to code before retrofit and it was nasty all those passing tasks and running threads and <laughs> I don't want to oh. think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go Nightmares. <laughs> Nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. uh, this one also com comes from some interview I had a long time ago. And, and the guy asked me if you had the power to change an Android API, which one would it be and why? Oh, oh, I've got, I think, a good answer for this. Mm -hmm. I hated Recycler View adapters, hated them, hated writing them, hated dealing with them. Uh, obviously, Compose world, we don't need to deal with them now, thank God. And that's why it's fun again and spinning up things that are like, you know, list detail apps is so much easier. But I hated adapters. Mm. Um, yeah, I would just, yeah, I mean, I would do what Compose did. I would just bend the need for them. So <laughs> thank you, Compose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that the, then the next question is useless. I wanted to ask you what package in Jetpack you think you like the most, but I think we already know the answer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And um, 
I think we also kind of know the answer to this Reddit question, but maybe you want to add something to it. Uh, how did you get along with Jetpack Compose? Because the, the, the thread is really hot on the Reddit and any suggestion for integration uh, to the existing app, not, not running from the scratch? Ooh, integration is a great part of that question. So first of all, love Compose, never going back. You can't, you can't make me go back to XML, people. Um, but yeah, integration, that's a really great question. Because um, most of the time, people aren't just going to go, oh, I have this huge app that's XML. Uh, now it's Compose. That doesn't, doesn't work mm -hmm. like that. There's a great XML component, like an old Android view component called Compose View. And you can stick that anywhere into your XML layouts and then find, uh, you know, find the view, obviously try and use view binding, or if you're crazy, find view by ID, mm -hmm. get hold of the compose view and you can set content on that and then put compose straight into your app. So they're integrating together. It works the other way around. So inside a compose, you can have Android view and that can refer to like old Android view system views, like, um, map view is the example they, they always give, um, there is another one I think called abstract compose view, is it? Or is it mm -hmm. something like that? It's abstract compose view or something where you can basically write a um, like a, a reusable view component, like the old school one, but with compose. Uh, it, it's a bit more abstract, pardon, pardon the pun. But yeah, uh, interoperability is really important. And um, that compose view is, is an absolute uh, godsend. It's brilliant. So yeah, cool. Uh, regarding test TDD, test-driven development, uh, do you think for Android, is it just a myth or reality? And have you ever tried it in your current company or even previous one? Mate, that is... I'm going to make a lot of enemies now, and I'm going to go for it. Real TDD in Android development is a myth. Ah, I'm going to... People are going to hunt me down, but um, <laughs> I've never consistently done it successfully tdd simply because of the build system build times tdd in the proper way that it works you know with the like the tdd manifesto the red green repeat etc cycle etc mm -hmm. you can do it but you're going to be sitting for 10 times longer than you would be if you just make something then test it um i'm not advocating that you don't use tdd i think it's a brilliant way of working but i think for android world simply because of the limitations of our build systems and so on it's it's not really a viable one however saying that tests are vital vital i think you'd agree there yeah um and th they have saved my ass on many occasions tests and not just like unit tests to test the logic and again, this is where like good architecture slicing comes in because you'll be able to mm -hmm. test your repository, your use yeah. case, your view model, um, if you architecture it properly from the ground up. But UI tests, UI tests are very, very possible and very easy mm -hmm. to do in Android. Mm -hmm. um, Espresso, you know, obviously is the library. You can query the view tree and start assess asserting things against it. But Compose has made that even easier. Like you can query the node tree and uh, assert things against it. So there's no excuse not to have tests. Mm -hmm. But I think TD forcefully doing TDD consistently in Android world is very difficult to do without going insane, in my opinion. <laughs> what do you think? You agree? I okay. agree. Yeah. But anyway, I, I will share... Uh... Ben Twitter handle here so you can go and talk with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> no, 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 please. <laughs> but, uh, talking about unit testing, uh, when you are estimating a ticket, how much time you dedicate for writing tests for it? Mm, okay. Um, as a rough rule of thumb, 
I'll often in my mind just do whatever my estimation time is halved, added onto the end for unit testing. Um, and if it's a UI component, yeah, I'll very much stick to that. If it's like a small unit slice, something that's just logic or, you know, underneath the UI layer, then maybe I'll reduce it by a couple of story points or, you know, effort points, whatever you want to call them nowadays. Um, but yeah, usually half added on the end. And, and regarding testing, do you think, uh, how, how important is the code coverage percentage? Do, does it show something? Does it say that, okay, the code is a high quality one when it's high or when it's low, you can say, okay, the code is, the code sucks or you have to make it higher. That's a really good question. Um, initially people might be tempted to think, oh, I have a hundred percent of my app covered. It must be safe and sound, but mm -hmm. that might not be the reality. I think yeah. what's more important is the quality of the test as opposed mm -hmm. to the quantity of the test, if that makes sense. I think that's, I hope, hopefully that's relatively obvious to people, but if you just have a test uh, and all it's doing is making sure that that line of code, you know, that branch, that conditional has been hit and swiped over. Uh, whereas if you have a well-written test um, that sort of makes sure that all of the limitations are addressed, you know, the bound, you know, boundary testing and all that kind of stuff, um, then that's, that's much better. So code coverage is important to see that you're actually covering most of your code, but quality is more important in my opinion if you're forcefully writing tests just to cover one line of code you know if, if you know the flip side thing if you're forcefully exerting more energy just to cover a single line of code then i don't know maybe you can re-architecture that file that class or maybe that code's not important to cover if that makes sense i might have butchered the answer there a little bit but yeah yeah i kind of agree yeah i'm on i'm on your side that's it and you you already mentioned terminal but what other tools you use for android development any anything for git anything for i don't know mm, okay um so i use a tool called um screen copy a lot scrcpy um so i think it's a python utility that runs from the terminal that basically mirrors your plugged in device through ADB. So I have a plugged in hard device on my phone and often I'll need to demo it, especially now in this remote world, I'll need to demo the actual phone to people. So it just mirrors my physical device onto the screen. Mm -hmm. um, ADB obviously use obsessively. Um, most of my Git, I actually just do through like, you know, Git commands and stuff, a lot of aliases and stuff like that and uh, to make my life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I honestly would say that's it. I do a lot of, um, there is one thing that's like vital to me. Um, so we have to log in to our app in order to test functionality further down the line, but I refuse to spend time picking up my phone, typing in the same things over and over again. And I also don't want to hard code in things, um, so that it just does it for me. So what I have is I use a script that uses ADB to inputs, um, taps and typing stuff. So ADB has this input mode, ADB shell input. You can input text or you can tap on the screen at certain coordinates. Um, so I have scripts that um, do all sorts of things for me. So one of them is log in to Babel and it has my details. I'll hit it. It'll take one second to run and log me in as opposed to me picking up the phone five seconds later, typing all that stuff in. Um, and there's a bunch of other things, you know, quick navigation routes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, but again, that's just ADB with, with extra steps. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was interesting. I'm going to try it. Uh, it looks like I'm also learning stuff here. So cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, what's it called? Pointer location. So obviously I said about like tapping on coordinates 
on the screen obviously that the first thing that's important is that you're using the same phone over and over again yeah. otherwise that script won't work but there's a pointer location that you can turn on in the developer settings or you can do it through adb um just look for pointer location you can turn it on and off that way and it'll give you coordinates on the phone for where your taps are so you can just sort of go through the experience tap you go oh 100 100 type that into my script tap yeah. again ah 500 200 yeah yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay cool yeah I, I will try it to be honest I, i'm also suffering every day doing this stuff <laughs> it is a sufferer it is, a yeah, sufferer, it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and another question from reddit is that how are you coping with the play store policy updates it's getting harder and harder and they're closing stuff day by day okay so yeah the policy tra traditionally in my job now and previous jobs i've never had to deal with like play store stuff um Obviously, like the uploading to Play Store using like Fastlane and stuff like that, that's something I've needed to do. But the actual policy side of things is often a business thing. However, there is one thing that I'd like to point to, and I think it's on the Android Dev channel for YouTube as well. There's a show they do called Policy Bites, I think it's called, um, which basically is like re relatively brief recaps of policy changes to the Play Store. So if there's anyone that's um, wanting to digest those changes outside of like a written form those policy bites videos are often relatively interesting and useful i think uh, I, I don't watch them all at all um again because it doesn't really pertain to me but some of them i'm just like oh interesting uh -huh. okay cool nice answer and this one also comes from my wife so why do you think there are fewer women and developer in our community and and how do you believe we as an Android community and other women in this field can help them and even the company can encourage them to join. Okay, that is a really, really important and good question. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm any sort of expert and say, you know, superlative straight out of the box. But um, I agree with you that I think there is that tr uh, bad trend in in our sort of industry that there are less uh, women developers. Um, and um, I think that's um, again just sort of looking from a higher higher uh, overview of this this thought i think that's kind of the same trend across software development as a whole um and i think it's because um there's this sort of like toxic um idea attached to it that oh only you know only men are good software developers which obviously is entirely wrong i think some of the best software developers i've met are women that you know is absolutely brilliant um but i think there's that toxic idea and that starts from a very young age and i think our education systems are partially to blame um often like computer science classes or ict or whatever don't um advertise themselves well enough um for you know for the whole for for both genders to be um, included in that you know for everyone to be included in that um, and I think that's really sad. And there's that idea that, oh yeah, only boys do, only boys do ICT and stuff like that. That's just, yeah. that's just should be wrong and, and outlawed. And there's a really great program um, that I've worked with actually in the past in the UK called Innovate Her. Mm -hmm. And the mission of this uh, company is to go into schools and basically tell um, tell tell girls tell tell them basically like hey you know this world this is for you 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 can you should be part of this and like yeah. sort of just going in and educating that that exists for them as well is a huge a huge benefit and telling them about some of the jobs that they have and getting uh, inspirational women figures in front of them as well saying like hey I do, I'm a data scientist I'm a I'm a Python developer I'm a I'm a you know Kotlin developer whatever um, that's an powerful thing and I think honestly the root cause is the education systems at least in england i've seen that um i mean back in my ict class there was zero girls in my ict class and it's just like oh well this is it's already broken at my university course there was i think like two 
two girls on my computer games program university course and it's like that's just it's so sad they they yeah. absolutely should be part of that world they absolutely should be and i think it's um yeah i think it's just an, an unfortunate um it's an unfortunate situation in that we all need to work together to fix we should empower um our colleagues it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter what gender empower them start telling people around us that you know this is an industry for everybody it's not just it's not just men sitting at a computer anymore that's just that's just crazy so yeah that's a really great question and i wish i had a, yeah. a better answer for it but it's such an important topic so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, regarding this question i was watching some documentary that the very first programmer was a woman and and then they were really active in this field, but then the, the number kind of dropped in a time from time to time. And then that's that's why we are sad. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Ada Lovelace, I think you're talking mm -hmm. about, right? The first yeah. first programmer. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happened. I wish I could uh, point to a root cause of it, but I genuinely think I don't know what it's like, you know, uh, in, in, the, in your education history, but at least in mine, it's it's definitely just like skewed and it shouldn't be and it really shouldn't be it's so yeah. sad frankly cool yeah. thanks for the answer and yeah we are done with this category next category is picking one one of these options and yeah let's see let's see how you like it okay is this like a quick fire thing yeah don't think that much okay. <laughs> yeah be ready for it i'm ready so Mac, Windows, Linux, which one you pick for developers? Uh, Linux, but if I'm doing Android development, Mac. Okay. Java, Kotlin. Kotlin. Dart, Kotlin. I think. Kotlin. You don't <laughs> I don't know why that took me so long. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dagger coin. Dagger. Okay. Rx Java, Coroutines. Coroutines. Mm. <laughs> git terminal or git gui git terminal baby git terminal all the time no gui no, all the time um i do a couple of re i do a couple of merges and rebases in the gui but uh, the rest mm. of it is terminal and in fact i'm trying to do um yeah git merge tool is a nice sort of gui in the terminal for doing merges and rebases and conflicts okay. and stuff so i'm using that more now I'm like 80% there, but sometimes it's just so like confusing and complicated. I'm like, ah, okay, I need to <laughs> jump back to a UI. But which UI you use? Uh, which GUI? Which GUI? Uh, just the built-in one to Android Studio. So okay. I think it's like a it's like a plugin, isn't it, to Android Studio? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, merge or rebase? Ooh, merge nowadays. But I used to be a big rebase fan. But often I'm working now. There's multiple commits and it's such a pain to rebase and then deal with the conflicts over and over again. So yeah, I think it's the way of working merge now. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm also on your side about this one. Yeah. You're still doing rebase, but I, I can see good things about merging, but that's mm -hmm. a big discussion. We can do it later. <laughs> uh, MVP, MVVM, MVI. MVVM. And Tabor Space. You're trying to start a war. Uh, space. <laughs> exactly. Space. Yeah. My my tab key respaces, uh, remaps to four spaces. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the show Silicon Valley, right? That's it. That's in this show. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Funny. Yeah. I, that's cool. So that's more or less it. So how people can reach you and get in touch with you 
is the Twitter handle enough or if you want to share other channels? Uh, yeah, awesome. So the Twitter handle at Ben underscore Cadell. So underscore, you know, the line Cadell, K-A-D-E-L. I also have, um, in case, uh, you know, like a like a link hole kind of thing, I have a GitHub uh, pages page. So it's cardelio.github.io is like my sort of landing page. And then you can go to the Twitter, you can go to my YouTube, you can go to my GitHub from there. Uh, and of course, if you're interested in seeing some silly videos about tech and terminal and Android, then uh, my YouTube channel is just my name again. So Ben Cadell, K-A-D-E-L. And uh, yeah, that's how people would reach me. I, I encourage everyone to go and see and enjoy. And <laughs> uh, any other topics that I didn't ask you and you want to, you want to cover at the end? And any advice Ooh. for the junior developers? I don't know. Anything. Interesting. Um... Yeah, well, okay, not not really, but just a, like a, an outing thought. I do um I do super peer, so I tr I just have like one on one conversations with people now nowadays every now and then. Uh, and a topic that's come up often is people undervaluing themselves. So often Android developers that are incredibly talented at their job, far far more talented than I am, um, but they undervalue themselves and they you know they work for obviously. We all we're all going to say, oh, money's not important, but money is important. But like, money isn't the driving factor. But you should be compensated, matching your skill level. And Android, as I said at the start of this, is like a niche area. I think um, people need Android developers, and you, per person watching, are you're the talent. So you should be compensated fairly. You shouldn't just be forced to do this. You shouldn't be given a, a rubbish wage. Um, you should value yourself important and obviously it's very easy to say from my position my position of, of you know benefit and privilege i've got a job and all that kind of stuff but really you know if you have a job if you have your foot in the door as a junior developer and you want to start climbing then value yourself value yourself you know you have all that knowledge about all the crazy android things just value yourself don't take the first offer unless obviously it's a brilliant one and you want it but you know look at the other salaries in the industry you can do that really easily now by googling the role and salaries in that city or that area mm -hmm. see if you're getting a fair fair payment and um yeah believe in yourself <laughs> it's super cheesy but you know believe in yourself you got this i guess i don't know so cheesy i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. no super encouraging i like it so that's it thanks for joining me ben i, I really enjoyed this talk and thanks thank you everyone. so much for having me thank you and thanks everyone for watching so that's it my name is Mohsen, thanks for watching. And if you like this video, I'm going to do it more monthly. So subscribe to this channel and hit the bell button. You will, you will get notified as soon as there is another video. Bye. Bye.